1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: What's good, everybody? It is Friday, November 11th, and that means one thing. We start this show with a tip of the cap to all those who have served are currently serving, are going to serve. It is Veterans Day, and it's a very important day in our country's history to remember those who do things that, quite frankly, those of us that don't do not want to do. So tip of the cap, my brother-in-law, Lieutenant Colonel Adam Schaefer. Shout out to you, too. All right, now, this is our props extravaganza. This is your daily sports betting brand of record. We are powered, as always, by the almighty sports line, the best value in all sports betting, and it's not close. The chat is already popping. Best day of the week. Let's go, says the gains process. What about Michael? He says, wait for the best hour of the week. Now, another decent week for us, and a decent week looks like this. This is kind of average for us, because we have been absolutely killing it the entire year. Prop stars, nine straight profitable weeks. Let me repeat that. Nine straight profitable weeks. And if you put two and two together, that means he hasn't had a losing week all season. That's on the line today. But so many of you tweet me and say, Coach, how can we rep the brand? Well, we're going to do you a solid. The rest of the football season, use that QR code you got on the screen right now. 20% off. Use the promo code Edge 20 at checkout.com. And then send us your pictures because I have an idea of what I want to do in 2023 with everybody that purchases and reps the brand wherever you go. But now's the time to bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them. Let's start with On Loan from the number one fantasy football show in America, fantasy football today, Uncle Dave Richard. Dave, good afternoon, sir.
3: Uh, Good afternoon, Coach, and thank you for that shout-out to our veterans. I'd like to thank them as well for what they do for America. They are a very special part of the fabric of our country. And you say I'm on loan, and I'm a little worried that you're going to throw me back because (laughs) I have been miserable. I am ice cold. One and four last week, and it wasn't even close. One of the guys, P.J. Walker, he got benched halfway through. I took the over on his yards. I feel like an idiot. So – Number one, I went back to basics. You're gonna notice a trend with all my picks this week. Number two, don't even take all my picks. Just listen to what I have to say. If you like what you hear, just put a little sprinkle of it. Do it for your uncle. Thank you.
2: Dave, Dave, are you a part of the crew?
3: Are oh, you a yeah. part of the... I'd like to think You're I damn am. right
2: you're part of the crew. So never apologize. Cause when you're down, we mm. pick you up. Because when we're down, you pick us up.
3: I try. That's how it works. How it That's how goes. it goes. You, you will never
2: not be a part of the crew. So you stop that right now. You right. stop that right now love uncle dave stop it now this man is the most handsome man in all of the early edge universe seeing the job good afternoon sir
0: a very happy veterans day to everybody uh coach when you were referencing uh lieutenant colonel i I thought of my favorite movie of all time this is a true story it's a few good men now i was thinking of nathan r jessup and daniel alistair Caffey and all those amazing characters uh but not not to go too far afield here but uh Happy Veterans Day. I'm happy to be on the show doing stuff that is uh, meaningless compared to that, but still fun and um, valuable to some people.
2: Well, it's funny that you should bring up a few good men, Sia, because a few years ago, a little show we like to call WrestleMania, and it was WrestleMania Goes Hollywood. And we did a bunch of different little skits from different little movies, and I happened to play the judge in that famous scene. And so I, I was a part of it. Can you- can I,
0: can I tell you something? I have that final scene entirely memorized. That's a true story.
2: Do you really? Yes. Did they ask for pizzas after the thing came on at the- Oh, that, that we did with it. Okay, okay. We had It was a little commercial. Then you do a little button, and then at the end, I asked for pizzas. It was <laughs> stupid, but it was funny if you saw it. And if anybody wants to see it, go to YouTube. They're all there. It was like 15 years ago, but damn it, was it fun. JBL, John Cena. John Cena played uh, played uh, Tom Cruise. And JBL played uh, in the seat going, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. I remember I it. I yeah. saw it. You saw it, right? It was awesome. It was awesome. Now, I know Alex loves the wrestling stories. Now, speaking of Veterans Day, I once went to Afghanistan. We did our Christmas show, Alex, in Afghanistan. Do you know who I wrestled in Afghanistan that particular year?
4: The Undertaker?
2: No the nature boy, Ric Flair. And I lost to a figure two instead of a figure four because it was so bad. They had to call it a figure two instead of an actual figure four because I was so bad. But Ric Flair said, hey, just call it out there. And that's exactly what we do here. So ladies and gentlemen, live from parts unknown, prop stars, good afternoon.
4: Coach, how you doing, Uncle Dave, Cousin Sia? I've got a true story for you, Coach. One time I was actually hospitalized when I believe I was around eight or nine years old trying to put a sharpshooter, a Bret Hart sharpshooter on my stepdad at the time who did not like it, and he kind of just like (laughs) tossed me over his shoulder and I landed funny (laughs) on my neck. So uh, that was close to the end of my professional wrestling career uh, (laughs) after that failed sharpshooter attempt.
2: And your stepdad's walking around like this to this day. He's like, look, what did you do? All right, we could talk wrestling stories all day, but that's what Twitter Spaces is for. We got to get into it right now. So for those of you who are brand new to the show, we don't talk sides here, maybe a little. We don't talk totals here, maybe a little. It's all props all the time with three of the greatest prop minds in America today. So let's get into it. And Dave, I'm going to start with you because when you're down. I want you to be right there in the front of the line. Now, we've got a little game in Germany, which was, by the way, the, where we stopped on the way to Afghanistan. So the Bucks 2.5. You think Tom Brady wants to make this particular trip? Oh, he does not. But the Seahawks do. They've been on fire. The spread 2.5, total 44 and a half. But we don't care about that right. We care about a quarterback who is playing great, who his team is behind him. And, of course, I'm talking about Tom. Or am I?
3: Start us off. <laughs> You're talking about the guy that fantasy manager said, go draft Geno Smith. He's going to be super. No one said that. I don't even know if Gino would have said that, but I got to tell you, he's played unreal football. And I talked about this back in late September. You'll watch him play. He did really well. I think he's going to keep it going. I love this prop of Geno Smith over one and a half touchdowns. It's passing touchdowns at plus 100. And this is just a play on a good quarterback getting good odds. He's had at least two passing touchdowns in seven of nine games this year. Yeah, Geno Smith, he's done that. He's been playing great. He's connecting on deeper throws, 11 touchdowns this year that have traveled 11 or more air yards. So it's not just like these little dink and dunk passes near the goal line. He can do that, but it's not really what the Seahawks want to do. They want to pound it in with Kenneth Walker. But those 11 touchdowns that he's got, second most behind Josh Allen in the National Football League. He's really having a great year. He's being given the opportunity to throw, and he's doing good things with it. And he's going to play against a Bucs defense. You think Tom Brady doesn't want to be over there. Neither does this Bucks defense, who <laughs> won't be at 100%, by the way. They've allowed multiple passing touchdowns, three of their past four games, and five of their past seven games. They've been okay, and they're getting a little bit healthier at cornerback, but I don't think that matters here. Remember, half the reason for Geno's success are those two wide receivers he's got. DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. And I expect them to be great for fantasy. I think Geno finds the end zone at least two times. He's a must-start in fantasy, and you can go and get yourself some good odds on him going over one and a half touchdowns.
2: I saw some silly account on Twitter yesterday actually making fun of Tyler Lockett and how he goes down all the time before he's tackled. And I'm watching all the clips. I'm going, there's a reason he's been healthy his entire career.
3: Yep. Why smartest are we making thing? fun of this dude? Right. Right, oh. and he doesn't. He doesn't do it when he's alone. No, he doesn't no. when he knows the contact's about to come. It's a self-preservation thing. It's a smart I dude. Lo-
2: love Tyler Lockett. That whole Lockett family, even back to when I was in college. There's been Locketts yep. forever. K State. Mm-hmm. Go to K State, and you go to the pros. What an incredible family. Classy too. Classy too. All right, so that's our first pick of the show, and I absolutely love it. It's gonna cast. It's a nine thirty start. Eh, at 11, 15 a.m., so we're going to tout this play on Early Edge Live, noon Eastern on Sunday, and Uncle Dave's going to be going like this. So, then we have to transfer to these Sunday games. Now, Browns and the Dolphins spread three and a half, total 49. The Dolphins have been legitimately a top-flight offense. Their defense, though, not so much. So, see, let me come to you because I know you have not one but two big plays that you love in this game. Talk to me.
0: Yeah, I love this game. It's in my backyard for the record. Um it just just down the road. The weather is going to be good. And it should be optimal conditions, particularly for the Miami Dolphins. We know when teams travel to Miami it can be a tough time because you know, it's kind of, it's a little unfair, right? The Miami home field advantage is pretty legit because the sun is always shining on the visitors. Meanwhile, the Miami dolphins are in the shade the entire time, something to keep in mind for future bets. If not this week, um, other weeks, especially when the season starts, but the first bet I like here, I'll go to Donovan people's Jones, over 43 and a half receiving yards at minus minus one fifteen. He's been way over this total in five straight games. So so that's kind of the, the first thing here. But he's also firmly the number two wide receiver, as you might expect. This is a high total, and it's likely a trailing game script from the Cleveland Browns. No, don't get me wrong. They are going to try to establish the line of scrimmage with Nick Chubb, and they they may just do that. But it really is Amari Cooper, especially with David Njoku out. It really is Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones sucking up those targets. I should note that even if Donovan Peoples-Jones doesn't get a ton of ton of catches, and His catch prop, I believe, is three and a half, which honestly my lean would be to the over there. But in the last four games, his average yards per catch is 20, 11, 18, and 12. No matter whether you take the the low end of that, the 11 or 12, or the high end of that, if he were to get those four catches, which I am expecting, he will sail over this 43 and a half or 43 and a half receiving yard total. So um, I do want to also note that he is good for the long ball too. And we know the Miami secondary can give up some long ball plays each of the last three games. This is super weird. Each of the last three games, he's had a long catch of 37 yards, like Mm. in each of the last three. So interesting number for it to fall on. But if he gets a 30 plus catch, 30 plus yard catch, he's certainly going to surpass this 43 and a half receiving yard total. So that is my first place. Donovan Peoples-Jones over 43 and a half receiving yards at minus 115. I have noticed, and I got word actually right before this show started, that this is something that Prop Stars was also on. And I have noticed this line has moved up. And I I, last I checked on DraftKings, it might have been 45 and a half. I still like it there. Once we get to like 47 and a half, um, that's when I'm probably seeing, you know, not much value on it anymore. So that would be my stopping point. Like 46 and a half is likely my stopping point on that over. The other one is Jalen Waddell over 67 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. Speaking of prop stars, he's been on Jalen Waddell quite a bit. I'm going to hit him again because this Cleveland defense can give up a lot now. They do establish a a pretty good pass rush. That worries me a little bit. It probably worries me a little bit more for Tyree Kill than it does Jalen Waddell. I actually expect both of them to eclipse their receiving yard props, but I like Jalen Waddell over 67 and a half receiving yards. He's hit this total in four games in a row. We have another high total game. And the good news with the Miami Dolphins, one thing we definitely know is that when they pass the ball, it goes to Jalen Waddell. It goes to Tyreek Hill. The concentration of target shares really truly goes to those two guys. The catch prop for Jalen Waddle's five and a half catches. If he gets five or six, I expect him to eclipse this 67 and a half receiving yard total. And oh, by the way, two is, if you want to know, Tua's passing yardage prop is set at 271 and a half in most places. Given the high concentration of targets to just Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, I expect them to get like two thirds of that uh yardage and and if if that is the case i expect jalen waddle again to sail over his total in this case it's 67 and a half receiving yards
2: and we know no matter what happens that the dolphins will not take the foot off the gas pedal because their defense is awful and so Mm -hmm. all of these last week both hit early third quarter it was sweat freaking free lori shout out to you you left work early today just for you guys i hope you didn't get in trouble hope you didn't get in trouble but you came in just at the right time because we're about to educate and entertain because many people don't even know, Alex, that Jeff Wilson is playing for a different team now. But what do you like today?
4: I like Jeff Wilson. Before I get to his prop coach, I want to point out that I love both of Sia's plays. Donovan People Jones is my featured article play this week, which is currently up on Sportsline. There's only one play that I've given out this week, and it is that Donovan People-Jones prop as well. There will be three to four more plays that I update the article probably an hour or two after this stream concludes. So be on the lookout for that. I will live tweet when that article goes live, but if you have access to the article right now, you can see there's one play, and it's Donovan People-Jones. So absolutely love aligning with my cousin Sia. I'd also like to point out that I gave it out at 41.5, so a little bit of extra (laughs) close line value from yours truly Sia uh, furthermore I love Jalen Waddle as well very strong possibility that Jalen Waddle makes an appearance in said article too so love that but yeah Jeff Wilson on the on this uh, Dolphins team last week had a great debut coach he outsnapped Raheem Mostert 27 to 24 in his debut, his first game with the Dolphins, uh, Jeff Wilson played 50% of the snaps to Mostert's 46%. And something else that was really encouraging, he saw four touches inside the 10-yard line in comparison to Mostert just receiving one touch in the fo- uh, inside the 10-yard line. That's a very good indication that the Dolphins plan to continue to feature uh, him, as Mostert's been pretty ineffective since that big game he had against the Jets about a month ago. Uh, also, looking at Mostert, uh, his last four games have been against the Bears, um, the Bears, the Steelers, uh, the Lions, and the Vikings, and he turned 53 carries into uh, just just under four uh, 4.0 uh, yards per carry, and those are against four terrible run defenses. So I really think Mike McDaniel wanted to go and improve the running game. He got Jeff Wilson from San Francisco, where he coached him for three years. So there's a lot of familiarity with Jeff Wilson with this offensive scheme as well. So this just looks to be a really good fit in this Miami offense as well. Wilson's just having a better season. He's averaging over five yards per carry in comparison to most Furthermore, this is a very, very soft Browns run defense. They're 32nd in EPA allowed per rush, 31st in run defense grade, 30th in rushing DVOA. The Browns also are one of the biggest run funnels in the NFL this season. So I think Miami's going to be fairly bad Balanced in this game we've seen Miami uh, be tilted heavily towards the pass in previous matchups but I think this is actually a spot where they're going to look to establish the run for a couple of reasons a because the Browns are a huge run funnel and have a very round, soft run defense but furthermore the only time that Tua has struggled this season has been when uh, he's faced pressure. And the Browns, the strength of their defense is largely because of Miles Garrett and Jadeveon Clowney, their ability to get pressure on the quarterback. So the, the way you counter said pressure is by running the football. So I think Miami's going to be balanced in this matchup. It wouldn't surprise me to see them shift to the run a bit more than they have in previous weeks. I think Jeff Wilson's the feature back in this backfield. So we're getting a huge discount here. I could see this being 65 yards next week if he plays two-thirds of the snaps, which I think there's a pretty good indication that he's going to. So, love Jeff Wilson, over 41.5 rushing yards. I'd play it up to about 45.5.
2: Yeah, Nicholas says on DK it's at 42. Capper Taylor says at MGM it's at 42.5. So, still well within the number that Alex says he'd be comfortable to play it up to. Dave, i got a chat question for you. Chubb, longest rush, 16.5 yards, minus 125 from said –
3: you know what the Browns want to do, and that's run the football. And Chubb's going to get his opportunities to do it. That doesn't seem like that much for Nick Chubb. I'd take the over. Okay. Now,
2: you know, sometimes I got to call people out when they just get rude in the chat. So allow me just 30 seconds. Hill to top. Don't you dare come after Sia. I'll just read it and I'll leave it alone. Hey, Sia, how's that first touchdown scorer club? Do you see coach, AB, the crew, any? I'm sorry, C. I I can't help what they write sometimes. I just can't help it.
0: This is is what I get for for all my smack talk last year. This is actually very well deserved. When you're a three-time champion in a single year, sometimes you get the blowback when you don't make it into the club right away. I totally get it, and I welcome it, frankly. Thank you.
2: (laughs) You're a savage. You are a savage.
5: Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrandscom CBS Sports. That's T A I L O R B R A N D slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
1: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, Chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
2: All right, moving on to the next game. This one's fascinating for a lot of different reasons. Because Russell Wilson decided to get in a little Twitter spat with the Seahawks this week. And whether or not you can win games off looking at your wristband, what was that about? But the Titans, after playing the Chiefs into overtime with Malik Wilson Willis, who I throw a better ball than. So, we cannot discount them at 5-3. and three. They're laying three, total 37.5. And, and Dave, I just mentioned Russell Wilson. And you love a Russell Wilson play this week. What is it?
3: I I do. Let me go to my my thing here on my wrist to see uh, (laughs) what what my notes are. Now it's Russell Wilson under 31 and a half pass attempts, and it's only minus 104 at Caesars. He's been over this pass attempt amount three times, but only once in his past four games. I think that's by design. I don't think the Broncos want him to throw the football a ton. And if you've watched any of their games this year, I think you kind of know why. On top of that, the offensive line not at full strength. Starting left tackle done for the year. Starting center not playing this week. So I'm a little bit concerned about his opportunities to have a huge game. Keep that in mind for fantasy under 31 and a half pass attempts is where I'm going with this. But the real impetus for this bet is that the Broncos should be able to run the ball on the Titans. Tennessee's defense collectively played 100 snaps last Sunday and three defensive starters have already been ruled out. The biggest of which literally being defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons. So there's an opportunity for Denver who just added another running back to their mix and chase Edmonds to go ahead and run the ball. A lot of Latavius Murray, a lot of Melvin Gordon, some of chase Edmonds. Yeah. Edmonds might catch a few passes. That's bad for this bet, but I still think it doesn't matter. I think the Broncos are going to try and be, balanced at best and i think they're going to be able to get away with it so russell wilson might only attempt 27 28 passes
2: understand what dave is talking about here when you have a game script where the two teams are very very even like we expect three points or less and then you got the other team that runs it a lot with derrick henry it's going to shorten the game big time i love love this play a lot of people in the chat were able to get it at 32 and a half love it love it beautiful Better than 31 and a half. So, this is why it hashtag pays to watch live. It pays to watch live. Now, see, I'm coming to you, big boy. Because in this game, there aren't a lot of people that are on the side. Giants are giving four and a half. On the total, 40 and a half. The Texans are coming to town. Shadows, as we used to say on Monday Night Raw, in the shadows of New York City. Because Vince hated Uh, say in New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey doesn't feel big. New York City feels big. But your prop bet isn't big at all. Tell me what yeah. it is.
0: Yeah, it's Tanner Hudson. And to some of you, you might be thinking Tanner Hudson over 14 and a half <laughs> receiving yards at, mi- at minus 120. Now, let me give you an introduction. Tanner Hudson is the tight end that is going to come in for the Giants or has come in for the Giants because of Daniel Bellinger's injury. So we have basically Hudson playing the Bellinger role. And one thing before I get into some of the stats, one thing I want to point out about, uh, I almost forgot his name, Tanner Hudson, is that he's not a blocker. He was actually cut from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before the 2021 season started because he couldn't block. And Bruce Arians is like, we can't have this guy on our team. He doesn't block. He doesn't play special teams. He is strictly a pass catcher. So when he is in the game, he is in the game as a pass catcher. Tanner Hudson, over 14 and a half yards. Every time a tight end one has been healthy this season, for the New York Giants, Bellinger being the injury in the Jacksonville game in week seven would be the exception. They have easily surpassed this 14 and a half receiving yard total in spite of the fact that Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, they just don't pass very much. In week eight, Hudson was on the field for over 70 percent of the snaps and he ran a route. Again, this is not a blocking tight end. It's a pass catching tight end. He ran a route on over 80 percent of the dropbacks. So, again, Daniel Jones Jones doesn't throw a lot, but he is set his his um his prop for passing yards is 186 and a half. So he will, I mean, according to the books, he is going to to chuck it around a little bit. That's not a super low prop. And I think Daniel Hudson is going to be the beneficiary of that. When he came in for Daniel Bellinger before the buy, He had a pretty good stat line. He caught three of five targets for 58 yards. I don't expect 58 yards in this case. I expect maybe as little as two catches. It might be three catches, but if he gets there, he is going to get past 14 and a half receiving yards. I expect a stat line of somewhere between three and five catches and somewhere between 20 and 40 receiving yards and, it's an easy one for me to, to key in on Tanner Hudson, especially against the Houston team that I think the giants can kind of do whatever they want with. Of course, Saquon is going to be the beneficiary of a bunch of carries, maybe some receptions, but I think Tanner Hudson is going to be featured to some degree enough to eclipse this 14 and a half receiving yard total.
2: It kind of feels like our Terrence Marshall pick from Thursday night football. That was the right pick Four missed tackles, one catch 43 yards. It can happen. It's volatile. All right, Alex, I'm coming to you. Chat question. And it was actually the same question I was going to ask you. Because on Tuesday on our weekly NFL mega preview, M Squared said somebody will be playing a Saquon Barkley prop this week. His number, 93.5 minus 115. Capper says, is that auto? Do we just close our eyes and play it? Talk to me.
4: Big numbers. Obviously, we love Saquon. It's always Saquon season at Prop Stars HQ, as we know. Uh, I'd lean over on it. This is actually the one game that I haven't had as much time as I wanted to to really dive into. Uh, Upon my initial glance, I like all his props in this game. I just wish I could give you uh, a better answer just because this is the one game that I haven't been able to allot my normal amount of time to yet, Coach.
2: That's okay. That's Okay. We will have it on Sunday when most of those props will come out anyway. So we love Saquon. Love Saquon. All right, moving on to the next game. And Dave, interesting thought process. In the chat, Jeffrey says, can we get an early edge sponsored line of Uncle Dave tracksuits? A magazine with him modeling them arrives in the mail. Hmm. Now I have that image in my head. I have that image in my head of, like, you, like, laying on a desk, you know, and
5: Oh my god.
2: Oh my god. Oh my goodness. You know what is crazy is that was probably more entertaining than this next game is gonna be on Sunday, perhaps. Lions and the Bears. Now Bears they've been scoring a lot a lot of points. Justin Fields has been cashing us his over rushing prop several weeks in a row and he set a record last week 174 on the ground. Mm, interesting that I would say that Dave. What do you like this week?
3: Dude, I'm taking a layup. I was one and four last week and this was the <laughs> only one that I hit, so I'm taking it again. It's Justin Fields over 58 and a half rush yards at minus 121. Dude, Justin Fields' average 76.7 rush yards per game before last week when he ran for 170-plus, like you mentioned, literally ran over three times the over of this bet that we're going to take in week number 10. You might even say, Coach, he's working exceptionally well within the schematic scheme of the <laughs> Bears' offense. Maybe write that one down. Yeah. The tr- Detroit's giving up 5.1 yards per rush to quarterbacks this year. Even Aaron Rodgers, who's like 50, had 40 rushing yards last week, and that actually it leads me to an interesting stat. Rodgers was pressured on about 32 percent of his dropbacks. That's the highest mark for a Lions defense since Week Four. So, if if their pass rush is getting going, that means Fields is going to get going too because his default mode when he's under pressure is to run go look back at that touchdown run that he had last week he wasn't just standing there in the pocket and then decided oh i'm gonna run now he was pressured and he took off and he just kept on going and going and going and his rushing average when he's pressured it's now up to 11 yards per carry i feel so good i need to modeling (laughs) good stuff fields is going over 58 and a half rush yards it's my favorite pick of the week I
2: almost feel like it's this low because the books can't physically put a quarterback prop into the seventies. It almost feels that way. It should be in the seventies. It should, ex-
3: it should be 70.5.
2: Yeah. There you go. All right. Love this play. Go see ya.
3: One thing I noticed
0: in the chat, which I'm glad I looked at it. Um, Tanner Hudson at, at over 14 and a half receiving yards was at DraftKings. I noticed a lot of people are looking around. They can't find it. I don't know wh- where they're looking exactly, but it was definitely on DraftKings this entire afternoon. I just looked, and it's been pulled. They have a few receiving yard props, but Tanner Hudson is not one of them. So I don't know. Maybe they're watching this show. I really I really can't explain to you why it was pulled just in the last maybe 20 minutes, but keep an eye out. It'll be put back up there, and it might, maybe it'll change. Maybe they pulled it because they realized the number's too low. Maybe it goes to 16 and a half or 17 and a half really anything over like under 18 and a half I'm still good with with Tanner hudson um anything beyond that I'd, I'd have to kind of stop and, and think about it so for for those of you that are asking that question I'm sorry it's not there anymore but um keep looking for it and tweet at me if you uh if you see a number and you're just not sure whether you want to bet it but any when it gets put back up if it's under 18 if it's 17 and a half or lower uh, I'm still down to take it
2: Boom. By the way, they did the same thing with Jeff Wilson a few minutes ago, and they put those right back up. So I think it's just they absolutely are watching the show. So all of you sports books, what's good? Come on over. The water's warm. We welcome all of you. It's okay. We know you're watching. Uh, So it'll be right back up. But that's great information from Sia uh, right there. All right. Let's move on. Oh, actually, I had a chat question, uh, Alex, for you. Uh, Justin Fields interesting that we never talk about his rush attempts because you're always it's usually maybe a busted pass or whatever but his number is nine and a half attempts you love attempts sometimes.
4: Uh, this number is fairly efficient to me. I don't dislike it or anything. There is a good chance. I think the Bears win this game as they're obviously favored as far as the point spread goes. So uh, don't mind it. He could pick up a couple extra rushing attempts on QB Neal's. And I actually absolutely think he's going to be really active with his legs. Also, a great matchup. I definitely prefer the yards and uh, the, the angle that Dave uh, put forth.
3: And, right, coach, you- yes. if I may, for the record, you kind of disparage this game. The total is 48.5. Both of these teams have awful defenses. They do. Bears defense is really falling apart in their last couple of games. For fantasy purposes, I actually love Jared Goff this week. I could see him having a top 10 type of game and think that this could get a little bit of a high-scoring, fun type of matchup, the likes of which could help Justin Fields put up another huge number. For those of us who are no longer brave, but smart. <laughs> For having him on our fantasy teams,
2: I think that number's not in the fifties because of the fifteen the Lions scored last week. But I agree with you; this could be a shootout. I'm coming to Alex and see I'll come to you. What do you got, Alex?
4: I just real quickly wanted to say I am a Justin Fields truther. I think this guy's been absolutely phenomenal. We've seen him get better on a week to week. Basis, He makes some throws that I feel only like maybe two or three quarterbacks that I've ever seen play can make. So I'm incredibly bullish on him. If I was a Bears fan, I'd be extremely encouraged by his development this season.
0: You're damn right. See ya. Go. One of the props I was going to give out today was actually Amon Ross St. Brown over 69 and a half receiving yards. That's what I saw last night. Unfortunately, it's all the way up to 74 and a half. So I couldn't in good conscience giving, give it out because it was just that five yards. It was too much to me. Maybe if you, if it goes back down to 72 and a half, which I kind of don't expect that it will, I think that's when I'd probably jump on it. But again, from 69 and a half all the way to today, 74 and a half, I don't love the new number. I do want to point out, though, Amon Ross St. Brown could have a very big game. Last week, he had a 40% target share. In the last two weeks, he's had 10 targets, and he's had nine targets. And I really think he is a great run-back option in DFS circles. If you're playing Justin Fields, maybe you play him naked, in other words, with no receiver, and you run it back with Amon Ross St. Brown because not a lot of people are taking him because he hasn't had the splash performance. But he's getting the work. He's getting the targets. He's getting the target share. I like him quite a bit.
2: And remember, the Bears have given up 35 to the Dolphins, 49 to the Cowboys. There's going to be a lot of space out there for people to run. Dave, let me come back to you. They're asking about DFS, fields, uh, naked in DFS or stacked?
3: I would go naked. I just think that you can find some pretty inexpensive options at tight end and at wide receiver that have a higher ceiling than Komet and Mooney, especially in the case of Komet. If he doesn't score, the floor is ugly. It's going to be like four points. You can't have that on your team. I like what they're doing, and I'm, I'm not going to make the schematic scheme joke again, but they're <laughs> scheming up Cole Komet in a way where he's, he's just becoming an easy read now for Justin Fields, whereas before, Fields would either miss him or he wouldn't even be running that good of a route. Now they're actually using him. Their offense is growing and growing by the week. There could come a time here real soon where you will feel very confident starting Cole Komet in DFS. He's a good streamer in regular fantasy football.
2: See, you get a little bit of everything here on the prop show. But, all right, back to see. I love I'm, it. We're rolling. Go.
0: I'm so sorry, but if we could have Jake maybe uh just on the production end, maybe cut all of the posing that Dave did and then and then right next to that put the clip of Dave saying I would go naked. I think that would be really just kind of a perfect, perfect thing.
3: Please this game isn't you. boring at all, coach. We've spent more time on the lions, bears, and me talking about being naked. Than any game in the history of this show.
2: Yeah, hey, I tell you all the time: educate, and entertain, sense. baby, educate. And I don't know entertain. how much entertain
3: there's going to be if I'm if you're talking oh, it,
2: about me getting it, naked. It, it would before. be for us. One hundred percent would be for us. I can already see the music too. You just see the music done. Right, It'd be I'll, Rick I'll, Rude's I'll... music. <laughs> oh, Rick Rude. Oh, I loved Rick Rude. Loved yeah. Rick Rude. Oh, loved Rick Rude. All right. Uh, by the way, Claypool, over 36 and a half receiving yards. Tim, and I know, Alex, you talked about Claypool this week. Go, 15 seconds. Steamed up too much.
4: Opened at, I think, 27 and a half. Not a lot of value left.
2: There you go. From the best. All right. Let's move on to the next game. And both Alex and Sia have plays in this game. The Chiefs are figuring out ways to win games, even when they don't play well. Patrick Mahomes, the clear-cut favorite to be the MVP. He's on pace to break the all-time yardage mark in a season for a quarterback. That's how good he has been. The Chiefs laying nine and a half, the total sitting at 51. But, whoa, I was mistaken. All three of my guys have picks in this game. My apology, Dave. So, Alex, we're going to start with you. Because when I look down, and whenever a player kind of gets held in check, and a player of this caliber, you know when they come out the next time they're not, going to take it easy, and they're going to go right to their stars. Who do you like in this game?
4: Coach, before I give this pick out, I feel obligated, a quick bone to pick with you, Coach. I feel obligated to defend the great state of New Jersey, which I heard you make some disparaging (coughs) remarks about. I grew up just across the Delaware River of central New Jersey, Hunterdon County. Let me just say, I think New Jersey is the most underrated state in the continental United States. (laughs) Amazing produce, Jersey corn, Jersey tomatoes. You've got... The Jersey Shore, which is also incredibly underrated. So shout out to New Jersey, Coach. Couldn't let you off the hook when I heard that <laughs> anti-New Jersey rhetoric. So no more of that, Coach. But I am going Travis Kelsey over 78.5 receiving yards. Listen, the Chiefs, they're in a league of their own when it comes to how committed to the pass they are this season. They've yet to have a game below 11 percent pass rate over expected. No team in the NFL throws more than this Kansas City Chiefs team. Who is the biggest beneficiary? Travis Kelsey. He's been absolutely phenomenal this season, especially recently, averaging 9.7 targets per game to go along with 82 receiving yards per game. He's coming off of three straight games with at least 98 receiving yards, piled up 35 targets over the last three weeks as well. If you look at his metrics, Coach off the charts. 2.1 yards per route run. 24% targets per route. Has a first read on 19% of his targets per route. 25% target share. 27% air yard share. 84% route participation. This is like elite wide receiver one type metrics, but he is a tight end. It's honestly mind-boggling how good he's been. Furthermore, this Jaguars defense, 32nd dead last in DVOA. Two opposing tight ends. 27th in coverage grade. The way you beat this Jaguar team is through the air this is just a great no-brainer spot you don't need to overthink it i'm back in kelsey here the jaguars are one of the biggest pass funnels in the nfl this season as i previously mentioned no team throws the ball more than the chiefs as well i'd play this up to probably 80 and a half 81 and a half wouldn't be surprised if this ends up settling close to like 83 84 and a half by kickoff
2: and at MGM currently is 77 and a half capper. Thank you very much. Smash that number today. Travis Kelsey does not take it lying down when he has an off game for him. By the way, the next, no, he already broke that record. Never mind. I will move on now <clears throat> on the other side of the fence. We fully expect the chiefs to jump out to an early lead. So if that's the case, what are they going to be doing? Just jacking the football. So you got to start with their quarterback. So, I'm coming to Dave. What are we fading? No, no. What are we Uh playing this week? My apologies.
3: We are playing Trevor Lawrence to go over 36 and a half pass attempts at minus 125. He's actually been over this number four times. It feels kind of high, and that's always an indicator to me about a line that maybe is trying to get you to bet one way or the other. I know that Alex doesn't have that same sentiment. But Alex loves New Jersey so much that he doesn't even live there. In fact, he's gotten as geographically far away from New Jersey as you could get by living in Oregon. Back to Trevor Lawrence, another sensational long-haired man. He's playing the Chiefs. He's going to have to throw. Coach, you already talked about this. They tend to big build, big build, big leads. Jeez, and force offenses to throw to catch up. Before last week, when the Titans were forced to use Malik Willis, and they. Couldn't throw the ball much with him. Quarterbacks averaged 41 and a half pass attempts per game against Kansas City. I could see the Jaguars not only throwing it to play from behind, but doing what they did last week. Lawrence was getting the ball out quick. His A dot was less than six yards. And that's to negate the pass rush. It's to have a high percentage completion rate. It's to move the chains a little bit at a time. It's to control the game clock so they win time of possession and keep Patrick Mahomes. On the side of the field, let his receivers make plays after the catch. The difference from last week to this week, as it pertains to Trevor Lawrence, is that I'm expecting more passing because the Jags won't play with a lead like they did throughout most of the fourth quarter last week when Trevor Lawrence only threw six passes. That's why he only had 31 attempts instead of 37, 38 attempts. I think he gets closer to 40 pass attempts in this game. Love taking the over. Don't mind playing the extra juice.
2: Yeah, they watched that. Game film from what the Titans did. You kind of alluded to it. This is the only way the Titans were able to move
3: the ball through the air or
2: quick little out patterns that they have. Well, Jojo, Joe,
3: oh, go ahead. I mean, I would just say that it's a little unfair to compare what the Titans did with Malik Willis to any functional offense in the National Football League because Malik <laughs> Willis, as tantalizing of a prospect as he is, clearly is not ready to play at the same level as, say, Davis Mills or Sam Ellinger. Yeah, he's getting Desmond really Ritter smoked. sits
4: on the bench.
3: That's driving you. You thought he would be the rookie of the year,
2: that he'd be coming in at rookie of the year. Jojo Rabbit says, this show's hysterical. Jojo, tell your friends. We want everybody here. But also, Dominic does not have your back, Alex. Not at all. He said, Jersey Shore? That's a plus? I
4: agree, Dominic. Clearly, agree clearly, he's never you. been to the Jersey Shore because, yes, it gets a bad rap. Yes, there's that terrible MTV show. But New Jersey has some of the most beautiful beaches in the United States. Cape May, Long Beach Island. This is where Bruce Springsteen lives. I am telling you, there are parts of New Jersey that are so elegant, beautiful, Victorian, and classy. Clearly, he has never been.
3: Well, I you
2: just, I... just use Jersey and classy in the same sentence. Correct. I just love
3: how you talked up Jersey corn.
2: It's the best I grew, corn. It's some of the best produce
4: in the United States. I grew up in States. Kansas.
2: I, I grew up in Kansas. That's where the real corn is at. All right? Now, Sia has been st- sitting there for several minutes Oh, look at look at Dave. Look at look at Dave. He's he's multitasking. He's like he's got his assistant walking in stuff for his next show during this show. That is savage.
3: That's oh this God, has happened God. three weeks in a row, coach. And you haven't noticed.
2: No, I have. Go back
3: and look. It's happened every week.
2: Oh, like I'm going to be look. on
3: CBS Sports HQ in look 20 at him minutes going look over at him Big, big timing
2: us right there. See, ya. if you don't mind, can you please get this show back on track?
3: Do we have a
0: broom to sweep up all these names Dave keeps dropping? If you would, I mean, come on, just really big timing us. It's not even subtle anymore. All right. I'm just a guy. I get it. Maybe nobody wants to listen to my opinion. By the way, speaking of opinions, Alex, I spent the last three minutes looking up best produce, not not states that actually provide the most produce, but actual best produce New Jersey is not anywhere in the top 10. I just want to point that out just from a fact check standpoint. I looked at like two or three different sites because I had time. Yeah, New Jersey's nowhere to be found. And, and nice beaches. I live in Miami, my friend. If you want to see nice beaches, come down here. Or maybe Fort Lauderdale as opposed to Miami. The point is my play in this game is Christian Kirk over 63.5 receiving yards. This actually works really well with what Dave already talked about with the passing attempts. The, the the targets for Christian Kirk over the last three games, 9, 7, and 10. And we I can expect those targets to be there for Christian Kirk, if not, th- if not more, because this is such a negative game script, likely a negative game script, as the Jacksonville Jaguars are 9.5-point dogs. Uh, he's hit this yardage total, Christian Kirk, in two out of the last three, which you might expect because he's getting all the targets. He's got a great target share. And oh, by the way, the Kansas City secondary, it's not that great. And they're even worse against slot receivers where Christian Kirk lines up most of the time over 63 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. I noticed some books as I'm looking right now have it at 64 and a half, but the majority of them have it at 63 and a half. Caesars, BetMGM and DraftKings appear to still have it at 63 and a half. So uh, the number is still pretty good pretty much everywhere.
2: And I have shown that I can be very objective with my favorite team that I live and die with every single week, the Kansas City Chiefs. And last week, you guys remember, I said Sunday night that the Chiefs can be run on no matter who it is and what happens. Derrick Henry went bananas. C is absolutely right. You can get them in the slot with runners. There's ways to attack this defense and make it work. And this is one of those ways. All right. We've got to move to the afternoon slate. Now, in a weird quirk, most of Prop Star's picks are in the late game. So he's going to have to sit there on Monday afternoon or Sunday afternoon and be like, God oh, like, like a rabbit dog getting ready to let, be let out. But at 4.05, stop it. Just stop it. If any of you haven't seen Joe Thomas on Good Day NFL, absolutely shredding the Colts, shredding Jeff Saturday, shredding Jim Ursay and literally saying what 90% of America is thinking, go back and watch it. I love Jeff Saturday. Worked with him for a couple of years, love to do. But there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me that have their opinions on this hire at this time. So the Colts and Jeff Saturday have to travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, who have been awful. They're setting records for most 17-point leads given up in a season. So they're laying four and a half. Total 41. And Alex, you like somebody on both sides of the fence. And we'll have something for C and Dave in this game as well. Alex, go.
4: Yeah, first up, we've got Michael Pittman over four and a half receptions. I saw this on DraftKings. Not sure if it's open on other books. Listen, Pittman's had at least five receptions in six of eight games this season. He's averaging 6.75 receptions per game, nine and a half targets. He ran a route on 96% of dropbacks against the commanders and was at 95% against the Patriots with Ellinger at quarterback. He's got an elite route participation. Uh, He's on the field for virtually every single route. He's seen a 26% target share, 29% A yard share both of which very good he actually has a fairly low a dot which isn't great for real life but actually benefits this particular prop and volume based props as we know the closer we throw the ball to the line of scrimmage the higher chance it has to be a completed pass uh, he's facing a raiders defense 31st in epa allowed per drop back 29th in coverage grade 32nd in defensive passing DVOA. this is about as bad of the pass defense as exists in the nfl also the raiders run defense defense. defense has been pretty solid this season they've held up well so if we're looking at the path of least resistance it's going to be the Colts choosing to attack the Raiders through the air I also like the fact that Matt Ryan is going to be activated for this game and if Sam Ellinger busts in the first half Matt Ryan could take over as quarterback and he loves spamming Michael Pittman uh, over the middle of the field And uh, Jeff Saturday has also said the quarterback is not a closed quote competition and that whoever is best will play in each position is going to be constantly evaluated. So whether it's Ellinger, a quarterback or Matt Ryan, I love this spot for Michael Pittman to get at least five receptions against a porous Raiders defense I played up to probably minus 150 minus 155 uh, next up we've got our favorite fade one of our favorite fades of the season Josh Jacobs under 87 and a half rushing yards Jacobs has been held under in five of eight games this season we've also seen Jacobs come back down to earth after that crazy three-week stretch where he had at least 140 rushing yards In three consecutive games. I talked about it when we faded him against New Orleans. He was running insanely hot on efficiency. I just feel this number is too big for him. Based on, and it's largely this big and inflated based on those previous three performances as well. Also, he's facing a very good Colts run defense. They're fifth in rushing DVOA, fourth in EPA allowed per rush, sixth in run defense grade. Uh, If we look at that three game stretch where Jacobs went over 140 yards, he did so against Houston, Kansas City, and Denver, what do those three defenses all have in common? They are terrible against the run. They rank in the bottom 10 in rushing DVOA, which is not the case with this Colts defense. This Colts defense, again, is very good against the run. They struggle versus the pass. They're much more vulnerable through there. They rank 25th in drop packs uh, success rate. So I think again, talking about pass of least resistance, we're going to see this Raiders team attack this Colts defense through the air. I don't think the volume is going to be there for Jacobs. That's why I think this number is too big. In my opinion, it should be in the mid 70s. So love Josh Jacobs under 87 and a half rushing yards real quick. The reason I prefer this to his combination line is because the Colts have been very susceptible to allowing receiving yards to running back so i could see jacobs making an impact in the short area passive game i much prefer just the rushing yard fade
2: all right let's put a pin in this game we'll come back to it because dave has to get out of here and go to the next thing so we're going to skip to his last play then we'll come back to this game and we'll see you so dave let's go chargers 49ers spread 7 45 and a half what do you like in this game for your last play this week
3: i like jimmy garoppolo to go under 31 and a half pass attempts and now i'm completing my Uh, Quintecta, exactly. I don't know what the hell you call it when (laughs) you've got five of something, of five quarterback player props. In two games this year, Garoppolo's gone over this number. Both of them were losses where the defense struggled to stop Kansas City, and uh, I'm not joking when I say this, The Atlanta Falcons, Falcons put up numbers against the 49ers, but it was a very different 49ers unit. It forced Jimmy Garoppolo to throw the 49ers defense is in much better shape. Now they should keep Garoppolo from having to throw a ton case in point. The chargers, they've scored 20, 23 and 19 points in their past three against the Falcons. If you can believe that again, Seahawks and the Broncos, the chargers aren't hot offensively. There's no Keenan Allen. There's no Mike Williams. It's going to be hard for them to get moving against this 49ers defense, which means it's not going to take much for Jimmy Garoppolo to have a decent game, but not have to throw that much. I think that this is a great line. Again, another one that's a little juiced up, but I don't mind it. Garoppolo under 31 and a half pass attempts, minus one, two, five.
2: Yeah. Chat says Shanahan loves running the ball when a defense can't stop it. That's exactly right. I think you're going to sweep the board this week, Dave. I really, really do. I hope Any- so. Any final words before you do a walk off? We love no. the day walk offs.
3: What I'd like to have right now is for all you cheap, broke player prop prognosticators to keep listening and start learning from what Sia and Proppy have got cooking. I don't know why I went with the is Rock. That when I was starting Rick with rude? Rick rude. Yeah, <laughs> that was rude. And then, I, and then I just defaulted to the Rock. He uh, cut
4: the best promos.
3: Yeah, they, they, they were great. Uh, Rick well, Rock's better than Rick Rude when it comes to I'm
4: the Rick Rude fan. I'm sorry. I think Rick Rude was the greatest heel of all time.
3: That might be true, but Rock's promos he were on another not. level. I wonder who helped him with some of those. Anyway, uh, I got it election. wrong, guys.
2: I appreciate you. Uh, there it goes. He goes from the prop show, and look at this. He's got to put the jacket on. He's got the collared shirt underneath. He's ready to go. He's just layered by the show, just layered by the show. One of these days, I'll tell you live on the air my rock and LL Cool J story for you. You'll love that one. By the way, John in the chat says, Had to tune into the best prop show of the week. Live. Coach, Uncle Dave, cousin Cia, prop stars. Let's get this this weekend. I could not have said it any better myself, John. Now, let's get back to a few things we need to discuss from the Colts and Raiders. Let's start with you, Alex, and see, I got a couple things for you, too. The combination number for Jacobs, which you shocked the world and played two weeks ago, and he had like 37 yards. You were so on about that one. What do you make of this combo number? Would you fade it, too?
4: Yeah, I mentioned to Coach, when I gave my oh. long spiel. I don't like it as much as just the pure rushing line. That is because... The one area that the Colts, or one area that they really specifically struggle in is giving up receiving yards to opposing running backs. So I definitely think because there's no Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, both of them both landed on injured reserve, Uh, I could see a scenario where Jacobs is more involved in the short area passing game this week. So much prefer just uh, the singular rushing prop compared to the combination line.
2: All right, I'm going to whisper this one, so hopefully the books don't hear me and take it up to seven. And there's a reason, see, I'm asking you, because last week at halftime, and I won't say who played this, but we faded Devontae Adams. We said, not for the faint of heart, at halftime, nine catches, 160-something, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, this week, his number is set at six and a half again. I believe the juice is only minus minus. One twenty seven. Do we like the six and a half for Devonte?
0: I do. I do think when, you know, the season's pretty much over, but, I, you know, they certainly still have something to play for. I mean, they, they could potentially, I guess, rattle off a few wins in a row. I think their path there, especially against a good Colts run defense, is just to pepper Devonte Adams. And let's not forget. You know, Foster Moreau is the starting tight end for the Raiders now, so keep that in mind for for DFS purposes. But Waller's not going to be there. Renfro is on IR. I think you're going to have to force feed and design some some e- even more plays for Devonte Adams. So I actually like the over there. Six and a half is a tall, tall order. Um, and I might maybe I defer to his yards instead of instead of his um, receptions. But I think he's going to hit that six and a half number. Oh, by the way, um, mic drop moment in the chat. Jamie Squire says New Jersey Produce sounds like a small font <laughs> band at Coachella. That is just a great piece of work right there, Jamie. Good stuff.
2: By the way, Coachella is so overrated. Oh my God. Don't ever go to Coachella. I live two hours from Coachella. You don't want to go there. One lane in, one lane out. It's the worst. It yes. is the worst. And I will stand by that. All right. We've got one more game and then a couple of questions to get to, and then we're getting the hell out of Dodge. Cowboys, Packers. The numbers come down to four and a half since we did our uh weekly. Every game breakdown on Tuesday. Total sitting at 44. Proppy, let me come back to you because I think I know the reason you're playing this one, but I need to hear it from you. What do you like?
4: Yeah, so uh, it's Dak Prescott under 21 and a half passing completions. Again, if you recall last week, my favorite prop, it was the featured article play for me. I gave it out on this very show a week ago, and I talked about how it was not only my favorite prop, it was one of my favorite props of the season. That was Jared Goff fading his completions under 22 and a half. He finished with 14 by the way. Uh, A lot of the similar principles that I liked about that are applicable to this prop. I'll explain why. Uh, So for starters, this is just a big number for Dak. He's yet to throw for over 21 passing completions this entire season. Obviously not a big sample, but still noteworthy. Uh, This has also just been a low volume passing attack from this Dallas team. They prefer to run the football. This is also the perfect opponent to run the football against Green Bay. They're one of the biggest run funnels in the NFL this season. Uh, They they give up a ton of rushing production. They're also very good against the pass. Well, excuse me, against the pass. They're 31st in rushing DVOA and they're 9th in passing DVOA. Also, 27th allowed in EPA Per rush as well. So this Packers run defense very weak. They've operated as a massive run funnel. The Cowboys, they're just a good bit bet, in my opinion, just to limit the passing volume overall. Also, Green Bay's offense is very slow and they run a ton as well. We've got Zeke returning to the lineup. Tony Pollard, he's been absolutely fantastic. Could see, I just think Dallas is going to lean heavily on that backfield. And what is just a very good matchup on the ground. On the other side of things, Green Bay, they're the slowest team in the NFL. They burn more clock per play than any team in football, and that is by design. That is not an accident. They want to keep the defense off the field. They want to sustain drives, and they simply just don't have the talent offensively to air the ball out a lot. So they just need to run the football, and that also invites a competitive game environment by shortening the game, limiting possessions, and that trickles down to completions. So if we look at opposing quarterbacks that have faced Green Bay – Only Tom Brady has thrown for over 22 completions. Coach, opposing quarterbacks against Green Bay are averaging 16 and a half completions per game against the Packers. I love this prop. Probably my favorite one this week. Uh, I played probably up to minus 160. Dak Prescott under 21 and a half passing completions.
2: I'm sure you made a mistake there, uh, Alex. Dallas has played eight games, and you said only once has a player or a quarterback on over 22 completions, that would mean seven out of eight times they did not go over. Is that what you're saying?
4: No, I said that only one of, of Green Bay's opponents have had more than 22 completions against oh, them. Oh, got it. Yeah,
2: that was supposed to be a joke about how good your research is. And it was, I just felt <laughs> sorry that just fell flat, <laughs> completely fell flat because I had it wrong. My apologies. I was trying to put you over. So I know Coach. I, <laughs> I probably flew over my head. So. <laughs> it's OK. It's OK. See, let me come to you because there's a lot of things because we have known that. Oh, real quick. Put a pin in that. Matt wants to know Dak 21 and a half at minus 140 or 20 and a half at plus 105, Alex.
4: Uh, I'd actually play that 20 and a half number.
2: Okay. That'll save you about 45 cents. If you choose to do that now, see, let me come back to you because fans love to bet on big name players, right? They love the Dax and the Aaron Rodgers. And, and last week it was a huge dud across the board for all of Aaron Rodgers numbers pretty much. So when you look at this Packers offense, are we just, and I know the numbers have come down, but should we fade Rodgers at this point?
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it, it always depends on the number. But, you know, this it's just a tough task for Rodgers, especially against a, a defensive line and, and a front seven that can really get after him. I mean, I I don't really, I'm not sure what Aaron Jones' status is in terms of his health. Um, Mike McClure and I speculated on the FFT DFS show, or I should say Mike speculated that he really isn't quite injured at all and he's going to get a full allotment of carries. So uh, if that's the case, I do think they lean on Aaron Jones more than anything, in, in which case I would end up Aaron Rodgers but listen if he has healthy receivers it does look like Christian Watson and Alan Lazard are going to play um you know he he could be in a position where he has to chuck it around a little bit but I'm certainly not playing any Aaron Rodgers overs this week
2: and what if the Packers tried this you're already out of the playoff race you're already five or six games back how about we change your mindset and not use 40 seconds of the play clock every play how about you trust your receivers and throw it downfield like the second half of the buffalo bills game when you started to move and you scored some points how about we do that
0: yeah fair point
2: let's do that all right real quick i know we had to go through that Chargers 49 49ers game really quick do either one of you have anything on that game before we get the hell out of dodge
0: there may be a prop I give out over the weekend in this game specifically a couple have trickled out while this show has has aired frankly that I was waiting for so um no I will I will mention that Keenan Allen has been declared out which I think we all expected so of course I run to see what Josh Palmer's receiving yard total is and it's 55 and a half It feels a little high to me, Uh, so that's not not the prop I might give out later, but there are a couple plays I'm considering. But as of right now, a lot of these props really just poured out within the last hour, a lot of the ones that I was focused on. So I'm just going to have to analyze it and go from
2: there. And I look forward to your bonus pick, as you've been doing the last couple of weeks on Sportsline, on Twitter. Follow us. Now, Alex, there's been two weeks so far, plus 2,500. Then last week, you said, oh, I like this particular week again for Austin Eckler. You've picked your spots shockingly both days you've hit is this a good matchup for austin eckler not
4: on the ground coach uh, this 49ers rush defense is very very good i also could see san francisco uh, potentially holding a lead in this game kind of forcing the chargers who have struggled running the football austin eckler is absolutely dynamic phenomenal but he's best utilized as a receiver out of the backfield doesn't really run as well as he does or doesn't have the same impact as uh, he does catching the ball as he does running between the tackles on first and second down. So I think they're really utilizing Eckler really well through the passing game. To me, that would be the best uh, way to attack him this week. I just don't think there's going to be a lot of rushing opportunity against a very stout front seven of San Francisco. All
2: right, Very good. All the information you could possibly ever want right here on a Friday. Do not forget three big shows on Sunday, 10 a.m., noon p.m. Eastern, and 7.30 p.m. Eastern time for Early Edge Live. By the way, Kirby says in the chat, Coach is still mad about that Packers bill's over. You're damn right I'm mad about it. You're damn right. It just sits right there in my crawl. Drove me bananas. But we will move on. Grab your paper. Grab your pencil. Let's go over our uh, um, best bets. All new days. Prop stars. Very quickly, rattle off what you like this week.
4: Yep. First up, Travis Kelsey over 78 and a half receiving yards. Then we've got Michael Pittman over four and a half receptions. Dak Prescott under 21 and a half completions. Josh Jacobs under 87 and a half rushing yards. Finally, Jeff Wilson over 41 and a half rushing yards.
2: And your article is out when? My article will be out in the next
4: two to three hours, Coach. Uh, there's already one play available, which happens to be the play that Sia gave out on Donovan Peoples Jones. That's the featured play, which anybody can read for free. The remaining picks in the article uh, are only for Sportsline subscribers, which, as we know, is the best value in sports betting and it is not even close. So my article will be out soon. You'll have two to three additional plays for me that are unique from the plays on this stream, and I will tweet the moment it goes live.
2: And you're damn right it does. I tell you all the time, and it's not a joke anymore. Ten bucks a month for all of this. All of this. I, would, I don't even know what I'd pay just for Prop Star stuff. And you get it all for $10 a month. Why you'd ever play hundreds and thousands ever again makes no sense to me. Throw that best bet screen back up there. Uncle Dave is looking at this. Justin Fields over 58.5 rush yards, minus 121. Gino, early Sunday morning. Do not forget that 9.30 a.m. Eastern start. Over one and a half passing touchdowns. And Russell Wilson, under 31.5 pass attempts. Trevor Lawrence, over 36.5 pass attempts. And then Jimmy G, under 31.5 pass attempts. See ya. Bring us home.
0: Tanner Hudson over 14 and a half receiving yards at minus 120 DraftKings has pulled this so we'll have to wait for it to to come back as I said earlier, I'd probably play this up to 17 and a half and no higher Donovan people's Jones Donovan man of the people's Jones after Sunday over 43 and a half receiving yards at minus 115 Christian Kirk in an excellent game environment with excellent target share over 63 and a half receiving yards. Minus 115 Jalen Waddle in another excellent game environment with a very high total over 67 and a half receiving yards and the bonus pick a few good men over as the number one movie of all time.
2: It's very, very close. It's very very close. By the way, little bonus information at this time of the year we're talking week 10 to week 17. factor in motivation. you look at the waddle for an example. The Dolphins are flying high. They're motivated. Every week, they're doing more and more and more. That's a team you want to buy into. And those are players that you want to buy into. All right. For those of you new to the brand, we like to end every one of our shows asking my experts, my crew, my cappers, what's the number one most important thing they're looking forward to as far as props are concerned? You can use this information now or into the future, but the information matters. Alex. What are you looking forward to?
4: I'm looking forward to seeing my adopted Uncle Dave bouncing back this week. I just want to defend Uncle Dave a little bit. I know he was a little bit down on himself. Uh, If we look at all of the picks that he's given out over the course of this season, we're only looking at about 40 picks, and that's a very small sample, very easy to run suboptimally over a sample size that big. So I just wanted to say I have ultimate faith in Uncle Dave, and he's going to bounce back this week, Coach.
2: Well, we do things differently than everybody else does. We don't. We're not individuals. We are a crew. We're a team. We are twenty strong. So when one goes down, the other one picks them up. So I'm not worried about him at all. See, ya. what are you looking at?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at the Miami Dolphins specifically. I, of course, I want to hit this Jalen Waddle prop. I'm very curious to see if Tyreek Hill, his prop is 93 and a 93.5 receiving yards, I believe, if that comes in. You know, this team, with Josh Allen potentially having maybe, I don't know, I'm not trying to play doctor, but a lingering injury, the, the Dolphins have made some moves even before the trade deadline that made them serious contenders, in my opinion. Now, I think the AFC, as strong as it is, maybe feels at least a touch watered down given the current state of the AFC. So I'm really curious to see... If they can play the same type of Miami ball with guys like Miles Garrett chasing them down, Jadavion Clowney with the pass rush, with the, the Cleveland secondary, at least getting a little healthier, if they can do what they've been doing, it's really going to tell me a lot this specific week.
2: And think about this. Think about this. The Miami Dolphins right now are only a half game back of the number one seed in the AFC. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Buffalo and Kansas City 6-2, and two, and the Dolphins are 6-3. and three. Very important week for them. What a great hour. What a great hour we just had, gentlemen. Well done. Well done. All right. That's all the Chick-fil-A nuggets you get in one show. With that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these prop tickets straight to the pay window for my entire crew. Damn it, do I love them all. Uncle Dave. See you in a job. Prop stars jake the snake on the ones and the twos doing work behind the scenes that nobody else wants to do i am the coach turn on your notifications every time we start a show ding you can come in and have a good time talk in the chat talk trash maybe have a showdown you can do it all right here at the early edge good luck